and precepts, so we take these together. Um, if you're not familiar with it, just follow along <laughs> as best you can. Namo tasa bhagavato rahato sammaha sambodasa Namo tasa bhagavato rahato sammaha sambodasa Namo tasa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa. Udang saranam kachami Udang saranam kachami Dhammang saranam kachami Dhammang saranam kachami Dutiyam pe dhammang saranam gachami Dutiyam pe sanghang saranam gachami Dutiyam pe buddhang saranam gachami Tatiyam pe dhammang saranang gachami Tatiyam pe sangang saranang gachami Tatiyam Vana tibata where money sika padang samadhyami. Adinatana 
Samadhyami Abramacharya Vairamanesika Padang Samadhyami Motsa Vadaha Vairamane Sikha Padang Samadhyami Saramiraya Majjapamadat Dana Vairamane Sikha Padang Samadhyami We call a pojana, where a manesika, but dung samadhyami. Nachagita wadita visukkata sana. Malaganda vilepana taharana mandana vipusanat tana veramane sika padang samadhyami. Ucha sayana maha sayana vairamane sikha padang samadhyami. Imani at the Sika Patani Samadhyami. Sika Patani Silena Sukateng Yanti Silena Poga Sambata Silena Nebo Ting Yanti Tasama Silang
Namotasambhagavatorahatosammasambhutasamnamotasambhagavatorahatosammasambhutasamnamotasambhagavatorahatosammasambhutasamudhangdhammasanggangnamasami So we're just initiating this uh, time together in our lives, creating, putting a circle around it, putting a ring around it, boundary, definition, and uh, using these kind of Pali forms and liturgies and so forth to create sort of solemnize the commitment. So it's a slightly different level than just the kind of ordinary conversational thought level. That's where you're using a ancient language ritual form as a certain solemnizing quality to it. It's not just what's said, it's how it's said, the fact that it's been said for thousands and thousands of years by many different kinds of people. So it transcultural um, gives it a sense of gravity to it. Like placing this particular lens carefully, respectfully on our lives. Refuge. Uh, 
significant term in its own right, refuge, because it does give you the sense there's something we need to be uh, protected from, and also there is a place of uh, welfare. Gives mm. mm. it a sense of the preciousness of the occasion something to be sheltered from confusion, ignorance, abuse discord internal, external and there is a place of welfare richness, potential Dhamma and Dhamma, one of those uh, one of the great Buddhist words that kind of more or less untranslatable. <laughs> Not all the best words are. <clears throat> it's always seen as a, a wheel, a circle, something that's got a huge span to it. Everything can rest inside it, but it's uh, as a center and it keeps things balanced. And so order, truth, reality, way it really is when we uh, essentially experience the elimination of stress and suffering and tension and the things that cause us to feel unbalanced it's the balance true balance that we can touch into we can find within our lives and uh, the width of that the wheel the wheel is a symbol of something that has a huge span in the Buddhist iconography. It includes the external, internal, you could say very briefly, the external realms of behavior, conduct, how we manifest, how we act, how that's brought into order, how that's infused with clarity and generosity and care and... Uh, um, evenness and the interior of course meditation is the great exploration and enjoyment and fulfillment of the interior mm-hmm. but meditation is not the complete covering of the Dhamma there's also the exterior how the mind when it's cleared and purified and clarified how that can manifest terms of how we act and are in our world, in our exteriors, towards each other, individual relationships, relationship to the planet, relationships in our society, how we act, how this can be, how we play that out, how we bring that out, and how we are so often challenged in between finding balance between our Interiors and our exteriors both get can get obsessive and disordered, get kind of really s- stuck into interiors, moods, feelings, impressions, subtle experiences, or we get, get stuck into exteriors with all their things, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm how these two fit together. Dhamma Vinaya is the Buddhist expression for it. Dhamma 
vinaya, the completion of that. Vinaya really often missed out or not given full un- scope because it seems the surface to refer to particular training rules for monastics, but training rules really are just the the, the markers for what vinaya means. It means uh, the way in which we live breaking up when we live externally uh, externalized break up the places where we get obsessive or stuck or stale or you know can't manage get overwhelmed so it's certainly big aspect of what practice is about how you find your life style uh, how you begin to encourage and develop your lifestyle so that it doesn't it flows in accordance with your your meditation practice and so this is what we're uh, particularly in the thir- uh, month long retreat mm-hmm. it's a chance to get a feeling for living a lifestyle mm-hmm means other people, it means widening our perspective to include you know, other people, groups, um, work duties, nature around us, a forest refuge, and uh, just beginning to tune into the effects of nature, physical world with its own laws and rhythms that human beings need to learn from qualities that help us to realize we're part of nature we're not some strange kind of alien from it all so it becomes very precious to live in this way Maybe we begin to discover the boundaries of our ignorance, the pieces we leave out. Things we think, oh, it doesn't really matter, don't notice that, it's just wallpaper. Mm. And places where we're numb, not really tuned in. And the joy of coming alive completely. So as it's said in this um, refrain with the refuges and precepts, this uh, quality of sila, of conduct, of the way we, our impressions and thoughts and attitudes lead into action, which is what sila is about, how when this is well groomed and trained and cultivated, this is a vehicle for uh, happiness, for good fortune, for our welfare. Sukhating, to go to the good place, to feel happy, free from remorse and regret. Uh, a vehicle for our Bhogasampada, which means the complete uh, treasure. Bhoga means something like a treasure, good fortune. Sampada means the complete fulfillment of one's potential. Mm. 
vehicle for nibbuting, which means the cooling, the quietening, the release from tension, stress, passions, overwhelm, become even, soothed, smoothed, calmed, released from suffering. So these are these then these particular precept forms are there to indicate how the mind can be not just withdrawn from life but also fed you know through cultivation it can be fed back into how we behave and there's a feeling of happiness and completion mm. now the skill of meditation is exploring the interiors you have two in two fundamental interior domains the bodily domain and the mental domain they tend to line up so if the mental domain starts with you know just when you stop acting you sit down it's it's not difficult it begins to open up by itself sometimes that's not always such a great thing uh, thoughts uh, chaotic movements of emotions and moods perceptions memories you know the, the rippling surface of the interior and then as you begin to uh, widen and include that and work through that and resolve some of that you're coming to deeper levels of interiors such as uh, um, quietness and calm mm, particular clarity realizations and understanding and then deepening deepening into something wordless silence uh, where it feels very full very rich mental domain this is the skill of meditation and using this uh, mindfulness of the body as a primary resource to guide the mind past its this very turbulent and uh, captivating surfaces thoughts and impressions and the energies that happen there using the interior quality of body interior quality of body is the felt sense you have of your body um, it's uh, body consciousness mm-hmm. And so uh, we have these exteriors, so we can see the physical forms and everyone else can feel the interior quality of having a body, being a body, being embodied. And making use of that with its sense of uh, its gravity, its stability, its energy, and the fact that it's actually void of certain very dominant patterns that the mind carries, such as... uh, future body has no future past body doesn't know anything about past self body doesn't really know about that <laughs> uh, other people does body doesn't really know what that's about um, should be does body doesn't know that uh, could be does body doesn't know that uh, am not body doesn't know all these kinds of things that we weep that the mind weaves proliferation so helpful just to keep coming back to the body through this, uh, these, these gales and currents of mental proliferation. You just 
steadying it, stabilizing it, beginning to guide the mind out of all that, through all that, to where you know, we come to our you know, fundamental core feelings and emotions that these uh, hinge around. And realizing so much of this is based upon nothing really, apart from assumptions and attitudes that have never been fully explored. So, it's, uh, within all this, then the guideline of the precepts is uh, one of uh, restraint, uh, certain uh, gentleness, refrain from any kind of abusiveness, harshness, uh, clarity and honesty, clarity, unclouded mind, unclouded attitudes, honesty, clarity, so avoiding recognizing the mind's waffle and prevarications and uh, kind of deviations (laughs) from being clear its tendency to be abusive and harsh uh, towards oneself Uh, and just really using these or just to indulge fantasizing, indulging, wallowing kind of ways the mind skids around and doesn't deepen and penetrate into its true value and worth. So when we cultivate precepts externally, we cultivate them internally, convention and intention. Convention is to do with these forms, intention is to do really with what comes from the heart. So this is the... Boundary, the structure of the retreat is on refuges, precepts. And uh, this initiation time, it's often a a time when you spend uh, the evening, the morning, the day just considering what what do you really want? What's really important now? Mm. What do you want? What seems important for you now? What seems of this particular time? What's significant? I mean, the general thing we want: peace, happiness, calm, clarity. You know, but also, what particular peace? You know, is there that you feel? Yeah, that's what I need to be or do or I'd like to just let go of that one or check that one or not. I have to keep dealing with that story again. <laughs> no, sorry to, uh, and then so you also have the chance within the conventional form to take up in individual resolutions and commitments, res- individual aspirations and intentions. Hmm. So you get the group form, but then also it's an individual practice. I could just sort of cultivate patience for a month. Or, 
you know, just put aside the switch off the cell phone, the internet, the just really, and just switch it off physically. Also, switch it off psychologically. It's like we've just gone out into the ocean and we cast off from the shore. Certainly without that casting off, the retreat will be, won't arrive at completion. But exactly what you want to cast off from, what you want to take with you, is uh, your choice. Take on board, you want to take on board some of your relational concerns, that's fine, but you realize you're taking it on board as here and now, what's happening, explore it here and now. It's not something happening elsewhere, to some, it's happening now. What does it mean for you? The worry or the anxiety or the, that comes up. So as long as we can keep within that, uh, reference frame, you know, whatever feels important for you, whether it seems to be about five years ago or what you're going to do for your cousin or something, as long as you can say, okay, that one's coming with me, but it has to come into the realm of being explored as Dhamma. Explore as I'm here now. What's really? How's it? What's it coming up on? What's it coming up with? Is it signifying feeling obligations or anxiety? What does that mean? So you can actually penetrate into the roots of what's happening in you for your life. <coughs> so what do you want to put aside? What what? Then what do you want to pick up? And also you can make uh, other resolutions like to determine to refrain from reading or conversely to deliberately study one sutta over and over again. So you really get into something fully. So making it something that's fully conscious. That is the essence of it all. Be fully conscious and uh, make the commitment. This is a marvellous uh, um, thing about the Dhamma. You can experience in, in just about anything that you're fully conscious and committed to will basically take you into the interior and into deepening. And it's just uh, developing your way you sweep a hall, <laughs> which muscles operate as you sweep a hall, you know, you can develop it, commit, fully conscious, taking in, exploring it, any of these, there's 80,000 Dhamma doors, but they always come down to the interior of the mind and the interior of the body and how these meet. So now we are at this pivotal moment. I mean, some of you have been here for a while already. Most of us have relatively recently arrived. So just uh, taking the time to consider 
slowly think things through. Pause, check. And ask also, as you do so, how does this really, how do these topics, how do they feel for you? How do they feel in your body? Do you feel resistance? Do you feel you want to take it deeper? Can you breathe with it? So let's begin this evening with uh, some meditation together. Placing one's awareness, gathering one's awareness within the body, how you know you have a body, what experience that is, sense of uh, something that feels solid, the experience of earth, the earth element, solidity. it settling? Is it upright? How does it sit? How does it find that sense of stasis? So that uh, the body has a, a firmness that's supple and not strained. The earth element, respecting the earth element, tuning into the earth element. (laughs) 
from the base of the body building it up feeling the spread of your legs base of the spine the connection to the ground the planet itself which we are not separate from body sits on the ground the earth feeling that contact so your body is a form arising out of the earth redressing the imbalance which uh, we're often conditioned into as we very much up in our shoulders and head where we don't feel the earth we're busy drawn out through the eyes through what we do up top and you get a top heavy experience imbalance so checking that coming down into the base of the body The more that you attend to and potentize one area, it helps you to switch off the other. So if you give more attention to the lower body, it's a simple groundedness. It helps the upper body to calm. All the sense organs are studied around the upper body. So with this we are beginning to just turn down the sense organs. Just by energizing the lower body. Earth. And really touching Earth itself is a, such a healing connection. the spine and uh, like a stem growing out of the earth and uh, one of our 
simple checks in meditation is to see what we can not do that we don't have to do. Mm. Are you learning how to switch off muscles that you don't need, which are often kind of caught up with stressing and holding holding your chest, holding your face and instead you begin to activate the lower body being able to switch off the shoulders, the face across the throat, the chest and let your strength gather where it should be gathering right at the base of the spine and the where the spine starts to move upwards this is the where we need that strength groundedness And it's also the property of earth, the, the property of air, the air element, which is the sense of movement. The earth resists pressure and the air exerts pressure. There's a play between the two. The air element is most obviously felt in the repeated distending and subsiding associated with breathing and it pushes in the abdomen causing it to swell and then subsides most uh, basic rhythm that we know is rhythm of breathing involuntary something you don't have to do and yet uh, Really the, the home rhythm. The rhythm of life. Breathing in, breathing out. Swelling. And subsiding. It's focusing, feeling that in your lower body. pushing against the earth and the ripples of that effect moving up through your chest face hands subtler effects it's fundamental union of air and earth Like everything else, 
reminds us we're not separate, the air is outside, we're breathing it in, we're breathing it out, there's no real separation. This is where the exterior penetrates, it comes right into us and we open to that and we breathe out into it. Focus on that experience and particularly letting your mind, your attention hover at the crucial points where the breath turns. It goes from breathing in, and there's a moments when it calms, it softens, and it goes into breathing out. Just focus on that turning of the tide from breathing in. When that's completed, how subtle it can be, the last moments of breathing in, gentle subtleness to it, when does it turn, turning, breathing out, such a, and then into the out breath, Breathing all the way out, letting go, letting go. When is it completed? And what brings it back? Called the Kaya Sankara, the very bodily former, the bodily former, that which forms and informs a body, is breathing in, breathing out. It's an energy that governs breathing. And it, as we, we experience it, we feel it giving the body form from being something that supplely shifts and changes. And activates. Activation is the fire element, the element of light, warmth, activation, sparking, kindling, glowing, tingling, alive, fire. First first god of the Vedic pantheon was Agni, the fire. This is alive, it's activated. With this we can think, we can inspire, we become impassioned, we light up, we're enthused. Our body is vitalized through this where does fire come from? It comes from where the air and the earth meet and merge. And this kind of crystallizing of vitality. So as we breathe in and out, we're also sampling fire. 
vitality, warmth. Feel that in your body, how precious that is, what a body is like without that, what it could have been like without its good dead. And so as we cultivate, uh, we tune in and to these beginning to sense them more fully. Letting the breathing, the energy flow through the body. Bringing its vitality. Water element. Element brings everything into harmony. Water, the harmonizer. Everything affects everything else. It's like uh, you drop a leaf on a lake, the whole lake ripples. Everything is connected. Everything sympathizes. Everything senses. Everything's together. It's cohesive. Water is the cohesive, the blender, the harmonizer. Includes everything, dissolves everything, accepts everything. Body is also water. You feel the ripple, the shiver run through parts of your body. No. Mm-hmm. What's it like if it doesn't do that? What if it's like if you've got these restrictions and inner boundaries and tensions and fragmentation? So breathing is also like water. flow everywhere, making your body like water, tuning into its water, watery quality, how the sensations in your fingers shimmer into your hand, into the palm of your hand, up your wrist, subtly the ripples die away, moving up your arm. You breathe in and breathe out, feeling the ripples of the out-breath through the body, feeling the ripples of the in-breath through the body.
Noting also note uh, whether the transitional between body and mind, you have space where the absence of pressure, the absence of solidity, space around you, sense of the periphery of the body, how you know you come to the edge of your body, and that's where it ends, that's the boundary and feeling nothing pressing open subtle sign what's above your head to the scalp and the crown of the head realizing nothing's pushing me down You need to extend beyond the material into the immaterial. First element is space. <coughs> space above your head, space behind you, within your throat, how much you are involved with space. not separate from space. When you note that, tune into that, how helps us to get perspective on the experience of material, material form. It's the something occurring within space. Consciousness itself, the immaterial experience, this sense of knowing, being able to, aha, aha, it's that, it's happening. Being with, rather than just being something, but being with it. Now that uh, full consciousness, rather than half-conscious, semi-conscious, not really clearly with anything, but being fully clearly with, just even these simple bodily experiences, <coughs> consciousness, clear, knowing. Mysterious. Property of wisdom, another important element. Ability to discern this is this and that's that. How much you can make of that, how that can be developed. Uh, Difference between one finger and another as a feeling. Difference between one breath and another. Gradations, subtleties of texture, the wisdom element. 
something we're always involved with. Every time you notice something is hot, how hot, too hot, how heavy, how you know how, whether you can pick something up or not. Simple as that. Discernment. Judgment. Assessment. (coughs) Using it. So we become more fully conscious and wise. Discerning. Then the final element, the Nibbana element, the unconditioned property, that which can let go. Don't need this, this is just this. Can dissolve things so things don't build up and accumulate. The unnecessary, distressful. The irrelevant, you nibbana it, you, your nibbana property can go, oh, enough of that, dissolve it. It depends on wisdom, wisdom depends on consciousness, consciousness depends upon space, space depends upon form. So this is the harmony of all these Elements from the earth through to the unconditioned. How all this brings us into balance. What is to be nibbanat? What is to be blown out? Suffering, stress, doubt, restlessness, irritation, sorrow. It's finding our wisdom to really see, tune into what to to. what's necessary, what's helpful at this time and then what can be just gently released